0: You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that we're going to use for the sermon today is the Old Testament lesson for this week, recorded in Jeremiah 31. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. This is the word of God. Ever been betrayed by a so-called friend? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? Ever been mistreated? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? Ever have someone say to you, I will, I promise, but then didn't? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? Ever have someone speak a lie to you or a lie about you? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? Ever been in an abusive relationship? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? Ever have a loved one killed in a car accident due to a reckless or drunk driver? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? Have you ever given someone your total trust and yet they broke it one time, two times, how many times? Forgiveness isn't easy, is it? It's another difficult lesson of Lent and life. Forgiveness isn't easy, which makes today's lesson that much more amazing. The Lord Says of Israel in our text today, they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them. The Lord was the faithful husband, Israel was the unfaithful wife. Let me just take you on a very short tour through the book of Jeremiah to lay out the evidence for you. The Lord said to Jeremiah, Have you seen what faithless Israel has done? She has gone up on every high hill and under every spreading tree and has committed adultery there. I thought that after all she had done, she would return to me, but she did not. Israel was guilty of spiritual adultery. They have defiled my land with lifeless forms of their vile images and have filled my inheritance with their detestable idols. My people have exchanged me for worthless idols. They were also guilty of idolatry. They exchanged the true God for false gods. I suppose the worst thing of it all is what the spiritual leaders, the priests and prophets were doing. They were misleading the people. A horrible and shocking thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy lies, the priests rule by their own authority, and my people love it this way. But through it all, the Lord pled with them, return, faithless people, declares the Lord, for I am your husband. The Lord was the faithful husband, Israel was the unfaithful wife. Could you forgive them? Be careful how you answer that question because really I was asking a question about you and me. Everything I described about Israel is you. Everything I described about Israel is me. Just a couple weeks ago we reviewed the Ten Commandments and we learned that each one of us here carries the title of adulterer, idolater, coveter, murderer, you name it. It always hurts me to bring that to your attention, as it also hurt me as it was brought to my attention again this week. We are the unfaithful wife when the Lord has been so incredibly faithful to us as our husband. You think about the marriages here. There's always going to be fault on both sides because let's face it, no one here is perfect. But that's not true in This marriage that the Lord has with us, there's only one at fault. He's not at fault. He's been the faithful husband. We're the ones that have been the unfaithful wife. The Lord has said to us, I am your husband. And so often our response to him is, no. The world in which we live and which has so much to offer us is, is my husband. The Lord has said to us, I am your husband. And so often our response has been, No, the love just isn't there anymore. I'm leaving. And so the question changes. It changes from, Would you forgive them, Israel, to, Would you forgive people like yourself? Could I forgive someone like myself? It sounds strange in a way, the question, but it's the question of the day. Could you forgive you? Could I forgive me? Let's look at how the Lord dealt with his unfaithful wife. I will make a new covenant with you. I will be your God and you will be my people. Remember, the Lord had given... Her everything and she threw it all away, and then he comes back to her and says, I will make a new covenant with you. I will be your God and you will be my people. The Lord, the God of grace that he is, determined to make a new covenant with Israel. A covenant that's a promise, it's a guarantee, it's a contract. But this contract that God makes with Israel is different than the contracts maybe we're familiar with in the business world because this is a one-sided contract. It's not this for that. There's no conditions in this contract. I will do this for you if you do this for me. It's one-sided. He's the only one saying, I will. Compare that to your wedding day or if you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard the pastor say to the groom, will you take this bride to be your wife? Will you be guided by the counsel and direction God has given in his word and love your wife as Christ loved the church? Will you be faithful to her, cherish her, support her, and help her in sickness and in health as long as you both shall live? And the groom confidently says, I will. But it doesn't end there. Then the pastor turns to the bride and asks, will you take this groom to be your husband? Will you be guided by the counsel and direction God has given in his word and submit to your husband as the church submits to Christ? Will you be faithful to him, cherish him, support him, and help him in sickness and in health as long as you both shall live? And the bride confidently answers, I will. So both the The groom and the bride answer, I will. And yet in our lesson for today, there's only one saying those words, I will. And the one saying it, the Lord, says it six times in only four verses. Amazing, isn't it? He he makes this covenant with Israel. He he holds himself responsible and accountable to his own promises to assure her, Israel, of his love and forgiveness. And by the way, it wasn't just a, a covenant or a contract with Israel, but with us too. He holds himself accountable, responsible to a promise he made in order to assure us of his love and forgiveness forgiveness. It's the only way this could work. It's the only way there could be this new covenant if it was based upon forgiveness. And it is. Forgiveness is the basis of the covenant, the promise, the contract he, he gives to us. And it is my sincere prayer that the Lord would use these words, these familiar words, that they would dig deep into the very depths of our hearts today. These familiar words. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I mean, wow, is God good or what? We've already established the fact that forgiveness isn't easy. And yet he clearly forgives us. He means it when he says, I will. Amazing. And I haven't even talked about what God uses to sign this contract with us. Maybe you've noticed on television when you watch the president sign a law, there's a whole container of pens. And each time he signs his name, he sets the pen to the side and takes another pen, signs his name, and so many pens. But each time he uses a pen, then he gives it away as a gift or it's, it's placed in a museum. That pen is something very special. It was used to sign a contract, to sign a law. Of course, God used something much more special than a pen. Blood. Not the, the blood of bulls and goats. He used the blood of his very own son, Jesus. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9 in the New Testament really gives us some of the details about this. I'm going to read a portion of it. I'm going to try to slow down a little bit as I read it because it's just loaded with information. Maybe that's one reference you can keep in mind this week as you go home and turn to Hebrews chapter 9 and reread it again. But here's just a couple of those verses. The blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, "...cleanses our consciences from acts that lead to death. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness." So finally, a contract that was honored. And it was honored because it was a one-sided contract from a gracious God. Our sins have been forgiven. The blood of Christ proves it. And if it's even possible, the news gets even better today. I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Forgive and forget? I mean, forgiveness is a tough part, but forgetting? Impossible. Right? No. At least not for God. Listen to this reference also in Jeremiah chapter 50. The time will come, declares the Lord, When search will be made for Israel's guilt, but there will be none. Search will be made for the sins of Judah, but none will be found. That is how comprehensive and complete God's forgiveness is. It is so comprehensive, so complete, that they are wiped from his memory. Which is amazing. Because let me share with you something that sometimes happens to me even after I receive the Lord's body and blood and the Lord's supper for the forgiveness of my sins. I don't know if this happens for you, but sometimes it happens to me, even by the time I walk from there and to my chair, and sometimes later in the day, I'll still be thinking to myself, why did I do that? How could I have done that? What did I do? Even though I had received the Lord's Supper, been assured of my forgiveness, I'm still walking around with that guilt of my past sins. Do you know what the Lord's response is to that? What sins are you talking about, Paul? Well, you know, Lord, the times I spoke harshly to my wife. I'm I'm having a hard time remembering that, Paul. What are you talking about? You know those times I lost my cool with my kids and disciplined them more out of anger than out of love? And he he says to me, what are you talking about? I am the all-knowing Lord God, and that never happened, Paul. Yes, it did, Lord. It happened a couple of times last week. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. For every single sin in my life that I can even remember, that's the Lord's response to it. What sin? The same is true for every one of you too. That is how complete and comprehensive his forgiveness is. Remembers our sins no more. There's also a neat reference in Micah chapter 7. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Forgive and forget? Impossible, right? Not for God. That's the new covenant. The one sided covenant, the one sided promise, but most certainly it has an effect on our lives. The old covenant, the one given to the Lord, to to Moses on Mount Sinai, is one that led people to say, I must, I better, or else. This new covenant, the one where the Lord says to us, I will, I will, I will, is so different. It actually starts leading us to say, you know what, I will. This new covenant sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ based upon the forgiveness of sins is what the Holy Spirit uses to instill in us a spirit that doesn't say, I have to or I must. This new covenant signed by the blood of Jesus based upon the free and full forgiveness of our sins is what the Holy Spirit uses to instill in us a spirit that says, you know what? I will. I get to. Picture a high school classroom filled with students and the professor asks a question. There's no response. So the professor asks the question again and one of the students, rolling his eyes, reluctantly raises his hand, I better answer the question or else. Now picture a classroom of first graders, and the teacher asks for a volunteer. And you can just see the eyes brighten up, and all the students, and they're at the edge of their seats, raising their hands. I will. I will. I will. I can. There's there's the the new covenant. Forgiveness, the new covenant of God's grace in our lives. It it, it creates in us a willingness. Specifically, it creates in us a willingness to forgive others the way Jesus completely forgives us. Will it be easy? Maybe not. As, as we said, that's the lesson of Lent in life. Forgiveness isn't easy. But it'll become easier and easier the more we realize and recognize and cherish how comprehensive and complete our forgiveness is in Christ Jesus. He forgives and He forgets. God is good. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.